Let's go to God in prayer. Oh Lord, you are the guardian of our souls. Speak, Holy Spirit. For we are servants, we long to listen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Welcome to this service. Would you turn to people around you and say, welcome, let's greet one another in the name of our Lord Jesus. We are a family. And on this Ash Wednesday, we welcome one another. Welcome choir, thank you. Ash Wednesday marks the start of the 40-day season of Lent. So what is Lent? Lent is a 40-day season, not counting Sundays, marked with repentance, reflection, and fasting. As we focus on the life, the ministry, and sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it will culminate on His his death on Good Friday and resurrection on Easter Sunday. So this 40-day period of Lent represents the time when Jesus was in the wilderness. Remember Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11? During the 40 days, Jesus overcame temptation. And we read the passage earlier and in preparation for the kingdom work that he was to do before eventually going to the cross. So you may ask, Pastor, why is the start of Lent called Ash Wednesday? Because there will be imposition of ashes later. We will mark a sign of the cross on each one of you as you come forward with ashes on your forehead. And as the pastors do that, we will be saying, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The fact that we remember that we are dust, and to dust we will return, is a posture. It's a posture at the start of Lent of utter humility that we are to have. Because it's a posture that will undergird our repentance and reflection during the season. And may I say that spiritual posture is critical, it's crucial. And it is with such humility that we examine one area for our repentance this Lent. And today I want to focus on the area of idolatry. Today I want to speak on repentance from idolatry. Exodus 20 verse 3 declares, You shall have no other gods before me. In 1 John 5.21, we are reminded as the children of God, to keep ourselves away from idols. So what then is idolatry? Martin Luther defines idolatry as looking to some other thing, a created thing, to give what only our God can give. And I like this definition by Timothy Keller. Idolatry means imagining and trusting anything to deliver the control the security, the significance, and satisfaction, and beauty that only the real God can give. It means turning a good thing into an ultimate thing. A good thing into an ultimate thing. That, to me, is idolatry. That is a false God. When something that is good has become ultimate instead of our Lord. And my friends, if I may say... Idolatry starts from the heart. It starts from the heart. In Ezekiel 14, verse 3 to 7, the prophet Ezekiel pronounced judgment on the people of God. What did they do? They set up idols in their hearts. And what idols do is to take the place of God in our hearts. You often will not see the idolatry around us because it's right there in our hearts. That's why in 1 John 5, 21, According to the New Living Translation, 
It says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Truth is, you can set up an idol in your heart over time when you are unaware. The Word of God tells us where your treasure is, there your heart will be. This evening, where is your treasure? This Lent, where is your treasure? This Lent, will you ask the Lord to reveal the idolatry in our hearts? And you may ask, what are some idols? What are some of these idols that are in our hearts? Let me just share with you three this evening, because there are many. But the first is comfort and pleasure. The idolatry of comfort and pleasure shows itself in various ways. That's a fundamental idolatry here. What is, how does it show itself? It shows itself in the love of money. Money is not wrong, but it's the love of it that leads us to idolatry. Lust, the pursuit of sexual pleasure. Gluttony, the pursuit of physical pleasure through food. Many of us start to think of the pineapple tarts that we've eaten during Chinese New Year. And the bakwa. They themselves have nothing wrong, but when we get into gluttony, pursuing that as a pleasure above all things else, that becomes an idol in our life. I can think of the idol of power and control. Now, this is a very subtle idol in our lives. And it shows itself in various ways. Number one, ruthlessness. When you are ruthless, you will do anything to get. When there's manipulation, when there is abusive anger, not just righteous anger, but abusive anger, when there's micromanagement, then guess what? Behind all these expressions and symptoms is the idolatry of power and control. I can think of the idolatry of pride and approval. And this is very subtle. That it shows itself when we think that all that we need is ourselves. Self-sufficiency. A refusal to accept counsel. A refusal to want to work with others. Will we curry favor to get our way? If I may say, these are the idols of pride and approval. The person who says, this, all these don't apply to me, then may I suggest that there is already idolatry. Because there is pride. There are many more. But the purpose of this evening is not to outline all the idol, idols that are possible in our lives. This evening is to invite all of us in the season of Lent to be serious about idolatry in our lives. It's to say, God, reveal the idols. And my idol can be my work. My idol can really be a relationship I have with my son or my daughter. An idol can even be ministry if you're not careful. Because we put it above God. We put it above all things else. This evening, I want to offer you three perspectives on how we can repent. How we can repent from the idols that God reveals to us. Number one, and it's a really important one. My friends, this evening, would you be grieved by your idolatry? Would you be grieved by your idolatry? I think it starts with being honest and authentic about the idols in your life. Because the more you deny, the more he has a hold over you. I pray that all of us will allow a holy grief to arise, like Isaiah who cried, Woe to me, for I am a sinner. In the presence of a mighty vision of God, he cried, Woe to me, because I'm a man of sinful lips. Because my friends, the heart has a compulsive drive to create idols. Can I say it again? 
our hearts have a compulsive drive to create idols. So the more we humble ourselves and recognize our propensity for idolatry, the more we grasp our utter need to repent. And the more we are filled with the godly sorrow, the more a godly repentance will come forth. And I pray at this Lent, you ask the Lord for a holy anger, a holy grief against the idols in your life because that will compel you to true repentance. Number two, how then do you repent? Don't just reverse, but return. Many of us think that repentance is just to stop doing. No, my friends. Repentance is not just stop doing, but it's to keep returning. It's to keep returning. It's to return to God because in Joel chapter 3, verse 2, God says, return to me. So repentance is not just stop doing, but it is the posture of saying, I will keep returning to God. Because it's so important that we understand this fundamental posture of repentance. Because if you don't return to God, guess what? You will fall back to idolatry again and again. How do we then return to God? We return to God as the true source. God has to be the true source of our satisfaction, our identity, our self-worth and significance. So that we don't turn to any idol to give us these things. Now, I understand that some of you, you may think about fasting from gaming, from coffee, fasting from bubble tea, fasting from all these things that we think are important. Don't get me wrong. Please, please fast if the Lord leads you. But it's one thing to fast from gaming and not turning to God for your source of satisfaction. Because if you only fast from gaming and you don't turn to God, guess what? After Lent is over, you go back double, double, triple the gaming. You will return to maybe another form of game, another form of area where you will find your satisfaction because you have simply reversed, but you have not returned. But when you start to return to your true source and find that source in our Lord, then may I suggest that true repentance will really happen this evening. You know, we sang earlier, come home. How do you need to come home to our Lord as a true source? Would you return to God in true relationship? You see, my friends, idolatry is not a failure of performance. It's a failure of intimacy. Because we often think that when I have idols in my life, I fail to worship God. But that's not the whole picture. Idolatry at the core of it is a failure of returning to the intimate relationship with God. But when you are in that right intimate relationship with God, you will not turn to these things, these created things, for your source, for your affirmation. The more we grasp the need to return to His love, His intimate presence, the less we are ready to depart because of idolatry. The more we are able to return to the thoroughly redemptive grace of God, then are we humbly able to say, Lord, I recognize and I remove these idols from my lives. My friends, return to God through transforming disciplines. In this season of Lent, part of our repentance is expressed through the practice of spiritual disciplines. Can I say that spiritual disciplines themselves don't change us? Fasting doesn't change you. But it is God's grace through fasting that changes you. Because spiritual disciplines at the core of it, they are means, they are conduits, they are channels of God's grace. So when we fast, when we pray, when we reflect, we do good works 
by themselves, they don't transform you. But when you do these things, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to use them to transform you. For example, you recognize that you have an idol of comfort and pleasure. That's your idolatry. What do you do? You practice the discipline of sacrifice. You go the extra mile to serve someone in need, the least and the last, even if it costs you something. And then by you, the practice of sacrifice, that's how God's grace comes and helps you deal with idolatry or comfort and pleasure. You practice the discipline of abstinence through fasting. So as you experience the denial of your comfort, the denial of your need for convenience, you will then grow in the likeness of Christ, He who suffered for us. So this Lent, let me encourage you to find your repentance by returning to God through the transforming means of His grace. Amen? Amen. The third way we can repent, and with this I will close, the third way is to find your reality check in community. Often, I think we have to discern the idols in our lives, not by ourselves, but through accountable community. Because we all have Christian community. But the question is whether they are accountable. There is a spiritual reality check when we have friends who are ready to journey with us and who will be transparent and authentic with us. There is a song that we learned at Staff Worship recently, just over the last Wednesday. It's called We Are God's People. It actually sounds like a National Day song. But I really like the chorus. The chorus says, Let us drop our pride and quit our hide. Let us live transparently as one. And together we will walk hand, heart to heart and hand to hand. This is the National Day part. And the world will know we are Christians by our love. But I really like that two sentences, let us drop our pride and quit our hide because we are always hiding. We're hiding from one another. Even in our small groups, we hide from each other. We are not willing to take the extra step and say, hey guys, this is your, the idols in your life. But when we are able to live transparently, just take the step to be willing to do that, guess what? Idolatry is exposed. Guess what? We bring our idols to the light, to transparency and vulnerability. And guess what? God's light will reveal and God's light will heal and God's light will restore. Amen? This land, I wonder if you would journey with someone. I wonder if you will find a spiritual friend, maybe a group of friends, and journey together. You know, we have our Lent devotional. Have you got a copy of this? This is an amazing compilation of devotions shared by our leaders. So today's devotions, Mark chapter 1. And what really spoke to me, and this morning in our staff devotion group, we actually shared with each other our insight and our reflections. We prayed for one another. What really struck me today was when Jesus called his disciples and they dropped their nets and followed him. And I asked myself, what are the nets I'm holding on to? What are the nets I'm holding on to that prevents me from following Jesus when he calls? Maybe those nets are my idols. And when you share with one another, that's power. We encourage each other to journey with one another. Share insights, review idols, repent, and realign to God together. So this Lent, my friends, would you be grieved by idolatry? Would you not, don't just reverse, but return to God in that relationship with Him. And find your reality check through an accountable community, a spiritual community that will journey together.
And let's ask the Spirit to reveal the idols in our lives. Let's deal with them seriously. In this Lent, would you return to the Lord? Return to Him as our source. Return to Him as our intimacy. And allow those transforming disciplines to bring us back to true identity as His children living for His glory. Will you join me in prayer? I'm going to allow you some time so I invite the Holy Spirit to review. Holy Spirit, come. Show us the idols in our lives. Show us the things that we cling on to above you. It may be our work. It may be a pride. It may be our need for control. Lord, reveal. Give us grace to return to you. Lord Jesus, we declare that we need you. And if we are very far away from you tonight, bring us home. Show us the way to come back to you. Give us broken hearts and contrite hearts for the idolatry in our lives. And give us the grace to truly repent. Give us the strength to return to you as our true source. Give us your grace to be ever faithful as you are faithful to us. Hear our prayers, O Lord. For we ask this in Jesus' name.